of the Roadrunner Exchange, a show that features leaders from Metropolitan State University of Denver discussing the projects, initiatives, and decisions impacting our campus community. I'm your host, Dr. Samuel J., Director of Faculty Affairs and Associate Professor of Communication Studies. Today, I talk with Dr. George Middlemist, outgoing CFO and Associate Vice President of Administration and Finance. We talk about life, we talk about work, and we talk about how he came to be so beloved at our institution. Hope you'll enjoy. Listen to podcasts? I don't. What do you listen to? Uh, music. Wow, you kind of led into my first question. Um, you made a big deal about your retirement, obviously. Uh, George Middlemist, uh, CFO, uh, uh, VP of what is it? VP a- Associate Vice President of Admin and Finance. Okay, so just our our money person who's been here for a long time. Um, it made a big deal about your love of music. So tough question. Top three albums. Um, albums, not not artists. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I'd have to. I'd have to say Rubber Soul with the Beatles. Okay, okay. Um, Neil Young Harvest. Ah. There's so many um, Led Zeppelin ones that. Physical graffiti would probably be my favorite Led Zeppelin one. Yeah, I'm thinking Houses of the Holy. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. How'd you get into music? Um, Being kid, old? Kid, kid, kid growing up, right? Yeah. I, mean, you know, I had a buddy that um, was really, really into music. Um, okay. So every paycheck, every allowance check, um, he used it to buy albums. He probably had, oh, by the time I graduated college, I would say he had the thousands of albums. Was it always rock? Um, for James, mostly rock. For you, was it? No. So what? Uh, okay. So growing up, what, what was it? Um, growing up, it was the Beatles um, okay. and Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Um, so a little bit more rock. Um, as I got older, um, classical music. Um, okay. Uh, enjoy that. And, yeah. Um, I actually enjoy country. Um, I enjoy uh, hip hop. What kind of country? Hold on. What, 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 as, as a music snob myself, I sure. occasionally change this or uh, make sure that it doesn't freeze up. So what kind of country? Because I, I, we'll get into your background a little bit. I mean, but you, you kind of spent a lot of time in, in really like the heartland of country western music. Yeah. So what kind of, what kind of country? So um, uh, Garth Brooks um, was <sighs> the first... Okay. The first country that I really listened to, you know, yeah. before with you know Loretta Lynn and yeah. um, you know Roy Rogers, not Rogers, Roy Orbison, no, 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 no Williams, no. Roy Williams, yeah, okay, okay. Um, Roy? Yeah. yeah, well, hee haw, um, oh god, yes, uh, yes, um, yeah, probably not as much into that. Um, so wait, hold on, okay, so was this like a, a a decision that you made as a kid to get away from your parents' music? No. Um, it was a decision I made as a kid to get away from the Oklahoma music. Um, <laughs> but um, okay. when I was when I was at Oklahoma State, Garth Brooks was a student at Oklahoma State. Oh my gosh! And I didn't think about that. He yeah. used to perform at a, a bar called Willie's Saloon. Okay. Um, okay. And so he was pretty good. Yeah. Um, Decent. Yeah. And so I started listening to more of you know more a little more country. Um, yeah. So he was kind of the introduction okay. for me. Okay. Um, so you know, hey, this actually um, this can be some good stuff, and okay. then. Um, you know, that just evolved. Um, yeah. And so, um, 
I can't tell you all the artists I listen to because I, when I hear it, I'm like, oh, I like that, and I'll buy it. But um, what do you listen to now? So the, today, when you drove in, what, what did you listen to? Was it a podcast? Was it music? What was it? So um, I'm an accountant, so I'm highly predictable. So when I'm in my car, I always listen to '70s. Okay. Um, so I just whatever the '70s PlayStation is. So if I have a car that has serious radio, it's '70s on seven. Yeah. Um, in my Tesla, it's uh, uh, '70s hits from yeah. the Tesla streaming app. So what was the song that you turned up the loudest this morning? Um, I don't think I turned up any of them the loudest. Okay. Um, but um, what's AC, the last? Yeah. Okay. ACDC gets turned up loud. Yeah. Um, when it's on. Um, uh, Casey and Sunshine Band will get okay, turned up loud. Yeah, the yeah. Bee Gees. Um, oh God, I love the Bee Gees. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, they had an HBO documentary. About it was so Gees. good. Yes. Oh my God, it was amazing. Yes, it was. I mean, you learned their whole backstory. And, yes. Um, and and you know, kind of um, the racism behind yeah. the death of disco, which yeah. you, know, you never thought about um, when it you know when it happened. I mean, there's so much. And disco, disco got shit on a little bit. We can we can talk about that. We can talk like that. Excuse me. I think culturally, we think about the death of disco night at that White Sox game, right? Oh, there's yeah. Bill. He's yeah. He's he's. <laughs> For somebody much younger than you, right? As I am, as I am, George. I'm giving you a bunch of shit, right? Um, I'm sixty. I'm uh, <laughs> Disco's great. Yes, it is. I mean, there was so much good stuff there. Gloria Gaynor was just made some fantastic music. Donna Summer. Donna Summer. The Bee Gees. Yeah, we kind of just forgot about the value, of, but but also what it did for hip hop. You know, it, there there's so many just um, oh, poles from that. You know, beats that were taken from that. That, I mean, uh, it impacted West Coast hip hop. Obviously, New York City hip hop. All that. But anyhow, um, yeah. Blondie. Yeah. Blondie. Oh my rap gosh. Music, right. Blondie had one of the first rap songs. Rap <sighs> oh, it was. My God. Yeah. Holy cow. You're right. Yeah. <sighs> Madonna pulled from... Oh, that's good stuff. Okay. All right. So I I, I appreciate that, that delve into music. How'd you get here? Um, to Metro or to yeah. Colorado? Just, 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 just uh, I mean, undergrad to grad to graduate. Sure. So, PhD. So I... Um, I, I was an undergrad at Oklahoma State University. Okay. Um, my parents are both college professors, so my father okay. is a professor of uh, management, especially it was kind of like org behavior, psychology, you know, yeah. in, in, in industrial psychology. And then my mom was a, a professor in accounting. Um, what was that, hold on, what was that like as a kid growing up? Well, my mom got her uh, her PhD later in life. You know, okay. After us kids had gone back to school full time, yeah. and you know, she was home in the daytime alone, so she started taking accounting classes okay. um, at, at Oklahoma State. So she got her PhD at Oklahoma State. Okay. Um, but she had been before that, and she was a, a middle school teacher. Really? Yeah, until us kids were born. Um, you know, um, it was normal. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, um, all my friends in high school, junior high, were children of college professors. Yeah. Um, for the most part, um, you know. So growing up, um, college wasn't a college wasn't a goal because it was an expectation. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. You know, when we were graduating high school, nobody was asking, "What are you going to do next?" Mm -hmm. It was, "Where are you going to go?" Yeah. And it was one of two places for the most part, OU or OSU. Um, I understand that, and not, I mean, again, this is more of a conversation, I think, than just an interview. Like my mom, having spent now almost thirty years at the University of Iowa, but being a first generation student. It's still like our weekends were spent there. 
Yeah. Like everything was around the university. Yeah, like my, just, my dad was, my dad and mom were both first generation students. Were they really? Yeah, in college. Oh. My grandmother, uh, my mom's mom, um, was an angry feminist. Okay. Because, um, um, yeah, she, yeah. You know, second she wave feminist. She wasn't yeah. allowed to go to college, right? Yeah. It was, you know, hey, you got to be raising a family. And yeah. um, she wanted to make sure my mother um, mm -hmm. got into college. Um, so both my parents were first gen. and. Um, you know, it was just, you know, parties at the house or events at the house were mm -hmm. always other professors, um, you know. Um, what was that like as a kid? I mean, that had to be wild. It was <laughs> a little wild, um, yeah. you know, but the wild was really because my parents were children of the 60s and 70s, yeah. right? So um, I can tell this story on your podcast because if you can say um, <laughs> shit, um, I can tell the story. So my father... Um, is a very free-spirited person, okay. even in his 80s now. Okay. Um, and so when he had gotten his Ph.D. at the University of Washington, UW, mm -hmm. um, and uh, his first teaching gig was at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. Okay. But it was just postdoc, right? Okay. Yeah. And um, Were you born yet? I was born. Okay. Yep. I would okay. have been 10 years old um, okay. when we were in Wisconsin. Um, and so um, dad came out to have his picture taken because back in those days instead of having a website that had all the pictures of faculty there was a board in the college's um, office that yeah. had all the faculty so management faculty in their picture with polaroids right okay yeah um and so my dad came out and behind closed glass right there yes yeah. yep yeah. um he, he's uh He's got a nice tie on, he's got a nice button down shirt, a nice jacket, and completely naked from the waist down. And I'm, I'm, I'm watching Saturday morning cartoons, no. and I'm just like, my mom's got a camera out. No. What the hell are you doing, mom? Why are you taking that picture? He's not wearing pants. And um, my dad's like, look, they're only taking it from the waist up. And so I, I don't have to be completely clothed. You, you, you could wear underwear, you, you could wear blue jeans. But nothing. But yeah, completely, completely naked. Um, and so, you remember that though. yeah um, so anytime that we would, I would go to campus with friends and we'd walk by that board uh -huh. I, would, I would point at the picture and I'd be like yeah so from the waist down he's naked were they there when you were in school there um, they weren't actually so I graduated high school well, sort of I graduated high school um, in 1981 and okay. my dad had gotten a position at CSU starting in the fall semester of 81 and so they moved um, back to Colorado because that's where our family's all from. Okay. Um, my dad's family dates back to the 1870s. And my okay. mom's family dates back to the 1860s okay. in Colorado. And so when they had you know, gone off to pursue their, their PhDs, or my dad pursued his PhD, and the goal had always been to try and return to Colorado. Okay. So they, he got a tenure-track position up at um, CSU, okay. or he got a tenured position. So are, is your, are your grandparents here then? Um, or were, were they here? They were, yeah. Really? Yeah, uh, aunts and uncles. Um, wow. So um, they came back in 81 and taught for a year. Okay. Um, but my mom at that time only had her master's in accounting. Okay. Um, and so she was just an instructor okay. and uh, wanted to get her Ph.D. So they went back to Oklahoma. Uh, my dad was the chair of the management department. And mom okay. worked on her Ph.D. And then once she finished and defended her Ph.D. in 85, they moved back to Colorado and CSU. What are the changes you've seen at, in Colorado then? Like, I mean, I would assume that Denver was kind of a bit of a cow town. I mean, it was not too long ago, but I mean, was it, was it a, even like a major, for you, a major culture shift to go from Stillwater to, to Denver? 
Um, or it, Fort it, Collins? It, it was. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a, a culture shift. Um, but, you know, we came here a lot as kids because okay. my grandparents had a home in Arvada, and my uh, dad's mom my grandma had a home in Colorado Springs. So okay. we were here every summer for summer break. Yeah. We were here most Christmases um, yeah. if they weren't coming to Oklahoma okay. for Christmas. And so, you know, um, have seen and never changed a lot. What I really remember when I was a kid, you could look from my grandma's window and the Denver, Denver city line at yeah. night looked like a Christmas tree, right? So there was a cluster of lights. Yeah. yeah. And then as it got closer to the mountains, um, it kind of topped off like a like a Christmas tree. Okay. Um, and uh, now when you if you were to look from their window, it's just a giant ma mass of light. Yeah. It's pretty wild. So you, you, you leave Stillwater, right? Well, actually, you're, okay, so you go to Stillwater for the uh, the undergrad. Yep. And then Did you know what you were going to do when you got there? Um, I, I, when I started college um, I started as a my major I was thinking I wanted to be a doctor and so okay. I, I was taking more sciences and ended up uh, focusing in on um, genetics um, so ah. I biology class and so microbiology genetics yeah. um, classes and I was probably uh, my first semester I ended up withdrawing from school because our second semester so I'd had a surgery and I just needed to okay. take time to heal um, so I was a little bit behind but not too bad so I was in my junior year um, and I was in organic chemistry and I was building a model and it collapsed and I was like I, I don't understand anything that this class is doing um, and I have no social life because there's um, yeah. No one in, in in the sciences that I can ask out on dates for the most part um, back then, and I'm not going to make any money unless I go on to get a PhD, and I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, so I got up in the middle of the class and walked out and went to the Did you really? registrar's office and dropped out of college um, and took the next two semesters off to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. Um, so what did you do during those two semesters? I just worked. Um, Doing what? Um, so I... Uh, Worked in a hot dog stand and also a convenience store um, during that time. Oh, George! Yeah, so dropped out and um, then you know sat down and and thought through mm -hmm. you know did my research you know what if I graduate with a job um, or with a degree what what's going to pay me what's going to yeah. be a job that I can get and then I'll I'll, I'll start a decent salary yeah. not a perfect salary but a decent salary. Um, Wait, hold on. What did your parents say when you dropped out? Um, they were pretty supportive. They they didn't pay for my college. I paid for my okay. own way. Okay. Um, they were like as professors. They weren't. They they knew I was going George. back. They just okay. knew I needed to figure stuff ah. out, right? Because um, it was it was like, yeah, just, this is science thing is not going to be for me. Um, <laughs> so um, for most people, my yeah. wife's an org. Yeah, she, I remember that org camp, yeah. org chem class for my uh, wife when she was in college. Yeah, it was not. It was yeah. not great. Yeah, my sophomore year was the best three years of my life. Right. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, so I went and I did the research what jobs would pay yeah. um, and it came down to accounting and marketing seemed to have okay. the best job prospects yeah. um, and then I just went and checked out the classes to see yeah. where the where most of the women were um, and accounting <laughs> accounting was the choice okay. Um, okay. And so got my degree in accounting um, graduated with a 2.8-ish GPA um, oh so gosh, I, I was a, you know, my goal was to get a C or a B in most of my classes yeah. Um, I, I probably could, I don't need one hand to count the number of A's I got in college, which was very different than high school. This is just weird to me. Like, my, that was my GPA. It was 2.8 yeah. <laughs> undergrad. Yeah, I just, you know, um, I, can, um, I can tell this story on, in a podcast, too. So 
I showed up for one of my first accounting classes. Okay. Um, I'd gone, uh, it was um, accounting one, essentially yeah. accounting yeah. 101, right? Yeah. Taught by Doug Loeffler, who just retired from Metro a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, okay. He was wow. getting his PhD. Um, walked in to the class after having been, I had been at the bar because uh, it was happy hour at Eskimo Joe's. Um, and <laughs> See plenty of shirts and hats. Yeah, yeah and so um, I was at Joe's when I realized that I had a test in 10 minutes and so ran ran to Doug and was like so I've been drinking and I I can't possibly be expected to take this test and he was like yeah you, you have to take the test or you get a zero and uh, I was like oh this is really a bummer so I took the test I got 100 um, the only test I ever got 100. oh my god yeah I so didn't the key think is I would, to drink yeah kids. I didn't think that that was <laughs> a good a good thing going forward but um, so got got my degree moved to Colorado um, and had met my wife um, during my last semester okay. at Oklahoma State in my last year, um, actually, actually my last semester. And so... What's her background? Um, accounting. Okay. Um, and she's an immigrant from Malaysia. She's Chinese-Malay. Uh, okay. Um, uh, Oklahoma State had a large Malaysian student okay. population, and okay. so she felt welcome there. Yeah. Um, got her degree in accounting. She was in Houston doing accounting um, for a CPA firm. And um, so I spent about a year and a half uh, working for an oil and gas company here okay. in Denver. Okay. Um, who was it, by the way? Um, the name of the company at the time was Kaufman and Weinberger. Okay. Um, right. they, they now are just KP Kaufman. Okay. Um, still a petroleum business here. Yeah. Um, but realized that um, if Catherine and I were going to be together, one of us had to make a move. And she was very successful in her job at Houston. Not that I wasn't in mine, but yeah. um, seemed like it was an important thing for her to continue her work. And so I. Um, was she doing oil and gas too? No, she was. Uh, she was doing tax um, for uh -huh. a very small local firm. Called Iran. I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So, so moved down to Houston. Um, oh, you oh. Yeah, got off, got out of the U-Haul that we'd rented to move my stuff, and turned to her and was like, "Yeah, I can't, I can't live here. Um, I have to go back to Denver." And yeah. so, um, she ended up finding a job up here about ten months later okay. um, for a large local uh, CPA firm, and um, came back here, and then I came back with her, and so. Starting in '89, um, okay. we've lived here since '89. Um, I did. I worked for a property management company as a controller for a couple of years during okay. that time, um, but realized that if I if I wanted to further my my professional career, yeah. I probably needed a master's. So I quit my job and went to CSU and got my master's with a much higher GPA. Um, was it a master's? So, so sorry. This is, I sound so ignorant, but is it a master's in accounting? But obviously, it's is, is that still an MBA? So it's not an MBA in so it's a master's in business a master's of science in business administration uh, is the title. Okay. Right. Um, so it's not an MBA, um, but it is a master's of science in business administration with a, a okay. concentration was accounting. Okay. Um, and then uh, went to work for the state, uh, the Colorado State Colorado Colorado State Auditor's Office. Okay. Um, did that for a few years and then um, got offered the the opportunity at Metro. Um, I was just. Um, at that time, I had a philosophy that you should interview every so often just yeah. to keep that skill up. Yeah. Um, and if you wanted to grow, you needed to be, you know, always flexible yeah. um, professionally. And so um, a classified accounting manager position had come open at Metropolitan mm -hmm. State College of Denver. Yeah. Um, and our, uh, the office was actually in the Terra Street Center, which is now uh, the Colorado Convention because yeah. uh, they tore that building down. Um, and um, I'd actually, uh, when I interviewed, I, uh, the controller at the time, the director of accounting, offered me the job, and I turned her down. Why? I was really happy at the auditor's office. I wasn't looking to leave. Um, you know, and um, it seemed like the, the accounting office had some challenges. Um, and yeah. I was like, yeah. And so she asked me to go to coffee with me, and 
Um, we visited for about an hour, and she convinced me to come work for Metro. And How old were you? I would have been let's see, 33. My God. Yeah, back in those days when I went to meetings, I was the youngest, youngest person in meetings. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not that anymore. So she, was it her who convinced you? It was. It was Sita. Um, her name was Sita, and she convinced me. And so came here with the intention of working for Sita for a couple of years until I could get that accounting job with the CU. Or, yeah. Um, uh, yeah well, what did CU. she say? What did she say that changed your mind? Um, you know, it, it really had to do less with what she said, um, but more how she treated me. Yeah. Um, you know, she treated me with with great respect, and you know, really want you. You know, we think you you would add a lot of value um, to to the accounting department. We need somebody that um, has an audit background, and you know, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give this a shot. And, um, so left the auditor's office and came to came to there, and was the I was the senior accounting manager. So I oversaw the financial statements, I oversaw bank reconciliations, and yeah. um, the feed to the state's financial system, and then. How many students did we have then? Well, we would probably have been in the 13, 14,000 students. Okay. Um, okay. So we were, we were still the third largest school yeah. in the state. Yeah. Um, that was 1996. Um, okay. And then figured I'd be there for a couple of years and then off. But um, you know, sometimes uh, fate has a different path for you and um, really, you know. Uh, cherished the mission of the university and and was fairly successful in terms of my professional growth mm -hmm. here because um, I was the accounting manager for a couple of years and then um, was asked to apply for the the bursar's position and did that and ended up getting that bursar you were position. a bursar I didn't yeah know I was that. A bursar and and then um, when Sita left the university um, and had retired um, the vice president at the time uh, asked if I, you know, they, they didn't ask me to apply. Mm -hmm. They just appointed me the new director of accounting. Okay. Um, well, at what point did you have kids? Um, so when I came here, my daughter was born. She okay. was two years old. My son was uh, two weeks away from being born. So you started? When I started, yeah. Um, so they're Metro kids. Though. Yeah. yeah. They really are. Yeah, they are. They grew up, they grew up here. Um, when we were back for a volleyball game, Catherine, my wife, Mm -hmm. uh, a few weeks ago, um, yeah. I just started crying because um, you know, there's so many memories here, yeah. right? And um, emotions tied into this place. Um, yeah. You know, we're like uh, for Father's Day. I remember her coming in when the kids were pretty small. Mm -hmm. You know, carrying signs, "World Greatest Dad," and you know, have bringing lunch, and you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of there's a lot of memories here. Yeah. Uh, but did the did the bursar thing? Uh, back in those days, we called it the director of student accounts and business services. Uh -huh. Um, and then that makes the, sense. Yeah, Bursar, did, then, what the hell is that? Yeah, <laughs> okay. I was the director of accounting services. Okay. Um, and then um, the vice president at the time, Joe Arcees, retired. Who was it, sorry? His name was Joe Arcees. So athletics okay. has an award named after him because he was oh. such a, and then, uh, he was so integral in the athletic programs becoming um, as successful as they have been okay. over the okay. years. Um, okay. And so Joe had retired, and they appointed his new his replacement. Um, uh, a gentleman named Mike Burnett. And, okay. um, he just retired uh, from Fort Hayes as their vice president. Uh -huh. He did the vice president thing for a few years, but when he took over, um, my equivalent position had retired. And mm -hmm. so um, Mike um, restructured the office a little bit. So controller's office reported to me, or the accounting service reported to me, payroll. Um, where, then, where was your office? I do want to ask. Uh, I know we did, so we were in the admin building. So you... You were always there? That yeah. was always your... Um, okay. Either Terrace Street, Central Classroom, or Admin. Building. So you were in Central? Yeah, when I was the bursar. Oh, be 
darn. Yeah. Okay, sorry, continue. Um, and so, um, you know, uh, did the controller thing, and then um, Mike left, and they appointed Natalie Lutz to be the vice president. Okay. Um, and then she, and at the same time, um, we had, when Mike left, uh, Sheila Kaplan had just left as the president, and so we had an interim president. Okay. And so he asked if I would take over IT, so I was appointed the vice pres interim vice president of IT and, okay. and CIO. Um, which is probably the most instrumental thing in terms of my growth as a as a professional, as a leader, as a manager. Was, How so? Um, so I wasn't very successful um, okay. leading IT. Um, Did you have any IT background at all? So um, yes, uh, my 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 master's degree, although it was accounting, um, a lot of it was devoted devoted IT. So oh. I could I understood all the IT stuff. Um, but where I failed was. Um, I, I didn't I didn't command the respect from the IT staff as much I, we did a lot of good work in terms of being more transparent in IT and and more collaborative with academic and student affairs um, yeah. but um, wasn't successful um, okay. at really learning how to manage IT um, yeah. you know what they needed from me I thought you know if, um, I should just be me um, and what I learned from that was you actually can't just be you sometimes you have to change for the people that you're leading, because okay. um, they sometimes need a different a different style. Yeah. So I, I call it the dance of management, right? So sometimes you you know, my style is pretty hands off um, if you don't need help, but sometimes you need to actually uh, know what the questions are that they need you mm -hmm. to answer for them. Um, so I led IT for three years, and then um, Dr. Jordan asked if I could go back to accounting, um, okay. and so became the AVP um, and controller. Um, what year was that? 19 or two, 2006 2007 okay. 2007 um, I was appointed in IT in 2004 did the interim thing for three years okay. 2007 July went back to leading accounting um, and, and things just got crazy right? yeah enrollment was just wild yeah course. it was it was um, and then did that um, with Natalie for six years and then okay. we hired Steve Kreiler um, and uh, not long after Steve was here um, Joan McDermott had um, stepped down mm -hmm. as the AD to go be AD at uh, California State East Bay. Mm -hmm. And um, the first search for the AD failed, and so they needed a three-month interim. So I, I served as the interim AD for three months. I did not realize yeah. that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. They, they didn't. They just needed somebody to yeah. ask questions of. Delos Dodd slash And then we hired yeah. um, Anthony Grant. Yep. Um, and uh, he... He was way better at it than I was. But um, one of the things Steve did after I got my PhD was to um, elevate me to the chief financial officer, um, okay. both Steve Jordan and Steve Kreidler. Um, I've been doing that since 2017, right? Um, and I, I went back to school to get my PhD. Um, Where'd you I, go? Um, UCD in uh, public affairs. Um, I thought, you know, maybe one day I wanted to be a college president. Um, but yeah. after I got done with the PhD, I was like, uh, I, I don't want to be a college president. But um, I... You, uh, this is a marathon, and I want to finish it. So, um. George, you basically are not this Janine. This is no slight to you, right? But I mean, I think um, you are oh. in a lot of ways. I appreciate that. You're an institution in of yourself. I, yeah, I, I I appreciate that. What's what's your biggest regret here? Um, or the thing that you wish you could reverse? I don't want to call it a regret, but you know, you know um, one of the things that hindsight gives you is um, 
there are things you could change, right? Yeah. One of the things I would have changed, you know, we're really good, I think, in terms of our budget process and being transparent mm -hmm. to, you know, the conversations, why we're having them, why we've made the decisions that we've made, how we allocate out. Um, but when we created our finance system in Banner, um, we were, we overcomplicated it. Um, and so it makes the... In what way? Um, we created a lot of extra funds. We, we did a lot of things um, because that was the way we did it in the old system. Uh, and um, we didn't have to do that in a new system. And so we overthought it a lot. Okay. Um, you know, and, and that's a challenge for people in my background, right? You know, when, we're, when you're an accountant, um, you tend to overanalyze things. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what we did, right? And we could have made it simpler, which would have made that part mm -hmm. of the university's finances a little more transparent. Yeah. Um, not that we're not transparent, but um, we could be better at it. And I, that's actually one of the things. Um, so a regret is not being able to enjoy the fruits of the Workday project. Because um, I think that Workday, you know, in terms of financial reporting, I think in terms of HR processes, all that's going to be um, mm -hmm. significantly improved over time. It's not going to, we're not going to come out of the gate perfect, um, yeah. but we'll continue to work that way and um, make what, it better. What are you proudest of? Um, uh, every time a student graduates, um, you know, um, I think that again, when you're in a role like an accountant or even HR professional or a budget analyst or IT professional, whatever it is in our branch, mm -hmm. um, we don't understand the impact that we have on student outcomes because uh, mm -hmm. we're not in the classroom, we're not um, at the advising desk. Um, but um, you know, one of the things we try and do with the team is to help them understand all the stuff that we do that helps ensure those students are successful. And so yeah. um, when we think about the, the pride um, it's those it's those things and you know um, if we were talking about you know in terms of the branch you know ten ten years ago we did a survey of the branch um, and at, back in those days we called it division mm -hmm. um, a product of the survey was um, you know we, the branch climate was really bad um, I think that the people that were happy were in the 20 percent range mm -hmm. and people that were unhappy were in the 70 percent range mm -hmm. and we had everybody in the middle and so um, we we worked really hard um, starting in about 2012 mm -hmm. 13 um, to change that so that um, 70 or 80 percent of the people were happy here mm -hmm. um, and uh, we, we've been able to do that um, but um, part of it was you know some of the language that we use you know, back in when we called ourselves a division of administration I realized that words like division are divisive um, and branches are part of a growing healthy entity yeah. um, and so that's when the branch came came about um, and we did a lot of things back then that, um, you know, um, that came, became across the university, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of the way things were. Um, Roadrunner Red Fridays um, yeah. uh, became a thing here. And even though we didn't tell people they had to dress up, it was, hey, if you wear a Roadrunner shirt, you can um, be in blue jeans on Fridays. Yeah. Um, we were all in blue jeans on Fridays, yeah. but yeah. people started wearing red a lot more. What about growing up? allowed you to be the revered this is a loaded question the revered leader you are now what are those mo are there moments that you say that impacted my life um maybe it's not a moment maybe it's there's you know there, there was there was one moment okay sam um when i think back um uh and um when i was younger and yeah. a little bit more foolhardy um, I had taken, I decided to do a road trip. I'd uh, gone to visit my girlfriend at the time in Houston um, in my Mustang five-liter um, T-top. Okay. Um, 
and I was uh, coming from Houston. I was trying to get to Wyoming because I had a buddy that was uh, struggling a little bit with mm -hmm. uh, mental health, and um, I'd stopped at a at a road at, at a you know one of those like a seventy six or yeah, something yeah yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, truck stop. Oh, and, oh yeah, yeah. And um, had taken a nap, but I had forgotten to turn off my car lights. And so when I woke up, the car was dead. Okay. Right. And I was a poor college student. I think I had twenty dollars to get buy gas um, to get me home to my parents in Fort Collins to get a little bit more money to then get to my buddy um, who was in Jackson Hole. And um, I didn't know what to do. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. the car's dead. And this older guy came up and he was like, hey, are you having trouble? And I was like, yeah, I am. And so he got out jumper cables, jumped my car, and I offered him my 20 because I felt like that was the right thing to do. And his words to me were, um, I, I don't want your money. When you find somebody that's in need, make sure you help them. Um, and so that stuck with me um, as a 22-year-old kid. Um, so, um, you know, helping people is... Um, what lead what what drives my style I can honestly say I've never met a person as authentic as you thank you Sam I mean I mean I mean that in all in all uh earnest T um it's you're going to be so greatly missed and as a faculty member I, I, not just what's the best way to put this Everybody always knew George had our back, right? And George was always the one, even if he had to say tough shit, it was, uh, it was coming from a good place, mm -hmm. right? And uh, that's not always something that you can do to people, right? A lot of people buffalo us and sure. not us, but you know, just others, right, in, in general. And, um, yeah, I think what you've done, you are an institution in and of yourself, and I think that uh, it's pretty awesome. To have, to have known you. So so now what? What are you doing? Well, so uh, Northern Illinois University, the vice president of admin and finance. Okay. Um, you know, um, I, I have shared, I shared with Dr. Davidson when I, when I got the interview. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I wasn't looking. Um, yeah. Metro's my home. Mm -hmm. These are my, you know, Roadrunners are my family. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you get emails. Now, if I had been looking, I would have uh, applied for one of the jobs yes. in Colorado. Yes. Um, but NIU had contacted me. Um, their headhunter had contacted uh, me yeah. um, to say, hey, you know, we think your resume aligns well mm -hmm. with what they're looking for. Would you be Would you be open to us sharing your resume? So in what way, actually? Like, like, Because uh, now I want to get down to kind of brass tacks. Sure. So what are they trying to do that George Middlemiss is going to add to? Like, uh, what is it? Is it expanding? or? It's what? actually... Um, Rebuilding their budget process. Ah, okay, um, okay. You know, are they a state school technically? Are they? They are, they are a state school. Okay. Um, they're part of the state system. System they are, yeah. Yep. Um, their enrollments have been declining, ah. um, like ours. Yeah. Um, they serve a very diverse population of students. Where like do they ours. come from? Where do those students come from? Chicago, mainly. Okay. Okay. Was it Peoria feeder at all? Um, or no, not really. Not Mostly really. just Chicago. Okay. Yeah, Chicago's a, a big one, um, and actually, Dr. Tatum. Yeah, yeah, he was. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's NIU. Yes, um, yes, yes. And then uh, after I made after we made the announcement, and I was going to NIU. I can't tell you how many people from Metro. There's um, Mike Kolb was there for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Say either they'd worked there, mm -hmm. they'd gotten a degree there, a family member had gotten a degree there. Yeah. Um, but you know what? What motivates me is institutions like ours um, that serve a population of students mm -hmm. that most institutions ignore. Um, yeah. 
And so, you know, we have an opportunity. It's a great, it's a great way to level set some, mm -hmm. some playing field, you know, degree, um, helps, helps people, um, break down some of the barriers that have been, uh, out there to keep them from being successful. Um, it's not, it's not a, it's, you know, higher ed's not a panacea, uh, mm -hmm. but it's certainly an important tool and resource. And so, you know, our, our, our types of institutions are really important. Um, and so, um, when I looked at NIU's mission and, um, the students that they served, I was like, oh, well, it's kind of like ours. Um, are you, I, I mean, having, you know, grown up in Iowa and understanding like sure. the Illinois state system, have you delved into any of their kind of the, the, the. Illinois government, right? Illinois politics, like is that what's at that? A, what are you thinking a, about a, that? At a very high level, okay. right? certainly. Um, you know, right now, um, it looks like their governor um, is really, really supportive of okay. higher education. Um, yeah. You know, they've uh, given a lot of money into capital mm -hmm. capital projects for higher education. Yeah. Um, the state funding has been better, right? Yeah. Um, you know, actually, yeah. very similar to Colorado, where um, you know, Colorado higher ed has has experienced some unprecedented um, growth in terms of state support over the last three or four years, um, yeah. you know, even five years. Um, if you take out the pandemic, um, you know, um, the last couple of years of Governor Hickenlooper and then Governor Polis, um, and then the legislature has just really invested in higher education. Um, and, you know, I think that um, there are certainly, Illinois is probably more, uh, the government's more controlling yeah. um, mm -hmm. of higher education than yeah. uh, Colorado is. Colorado gave higher ed a lot of flexibility about 10 years ago yeah. um, to kind of do our own thing in, in many ways. Um, and so there's, you know, that'll be uh, different um, yeah. a little bit. Um, but... Are you, will you move in, will you move to DeKalb? I am. You uh, are. Uh, DeKalb or Sycamore is kind of where my focus okay. is right now. Okay. Um, my wife will stay here. Um, we'll keep our home in, in Colorado. Yeah. Um, her, her business is here. Mm -hmm. um, we had a lot of a lot of long conversations as we were going through this process on you know do we really want to do this or not yeah. um, about you know so if I'm there uh, and you're here how are we going to make this work um, but NIU did uh, very similar to what CETA did when she recruited me to come to Metro which was you know to really reach out and, and explain why I was important to them and mm -hmm. um, it felt it felt right at that moment to say okay maybe we grow ourselves not professionally, um, but actually personally, um, to try and try and do something that a little different um, and challenge myself. Um, What'd your kids say? Um, they were both excited with the decision. Okay. And when I say that, I mean whatever decision I made, they were going to be happy with and excited. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, my daughter's in Chicago, so I'll be closer to her. Um, and that's nice. Um, give her a place to come and do laundry every so often. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, you got to get that money back. That's right. Gotta, yeah. That's right. Um, but um, you know, uh, and Catherine too. Um, you know, uh, whatever the decision was. Yeah. Um, you know, Catherine and then Dr. Davidson um, were pretty critical in terms of how I thought through this. Yeah. Um, you know, when I talked to Dr. Davidson to let her know that they um, had indeed offered me the job. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was processing it. Um, you know, she uh, talked to me first as the president, which was, you know, we want you to stay. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you are important, and you know, um, I'm gonna take off the president hat for a minute and talk to you as a friend. Um, you know, um, you're you're gonna try and overanalyze this, which is what we do. Yeah. Um, so I want you to, on a piece of paper, write down stuff. You know, why you why you would take the job and why you wouldn't. 
Um, think about it for yourself, um, what you want. And that's what Catherine was saying to me. You know, stop thinking about everything else. Just focus on yeah. you know, what do you want to do. Um, throw that piece of paper away. When you get up in the morning, make your decision. And so when I when I got up, I was like, I, I think the decision feels right to try and try and take um, my knowledge, mm-hmm. and hopefully skills, to a to a new place to um, help them um, for a few years. And, yeah. um, and uh, maybe help them see more students graduate and retain. I think it's uh, it's a complex situation in that so many of us over the last six to eight weeks have said, oh, George is leaving, right? George is giving me this and giving me that and done this for us. And um, as someone who spent 10 years as a faculty member and now as an administrator, I'm really proud of you for taking care of George. Thank, thank you, Sam. Like, I'm struggling with a little bit, but... Um, it's, it's time, you know? Like, you've done a lot, George. You've, you've done a lot, and you've got us from a college to a university, and uh, I can't thank you enough as a faculty member and as a, as a, a you know, what I hope to someday be my own you know, representative for the institution, and uh, good job. Thank you, Sam. You did it. But I had a lot of help, right? Um, yeah, you know, sure, from George. The, from the Dr. Jordans and Steve yeah. Kreidlers and Janine Davidsons and yeah. Larry Samplers and Leon and I yeah. mean, you know, the list goes on and on and on, all the people that, you know. So I'm really fortunate, right, because um, the team that, that mm-hmm. works with me um, and you know, I would say supports me, um, they're way better and smarter than I am. Um, so that allows me to drink brandy and smoke cigars in my office and let them uh, uh, do all the hard work. So I'll release the, we'll release this in a week. What 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 are the what's the Middlemiss family going to do for the holidays? What are um, you doing? So we're going to Malaysia. Uh, go back to see Catherine's family. Really? Yeah, we fly out Friday. Okay. Um, the kids are coming. Nice. Because um, we don't get those opportunities very often when you have adult children. Um, yeah. It doesn't always their schedules don't always align. But is this like the first post COVID trip is back? It is first post COVID ah. trip back. Um, we have a nephew that's getting married, and his mom passed away about a year ago. Okay. Um, and Catherine's sister, and so yeah. we want to be able to go back and support him and uh, his dad and his sister. And um, is that a direct flight? It. Like, where do you have to? Fly? Oh, well, it's not a direct flight. Um, where do you go? So we fly from for this particular trip. We're flying from Denver to San Francisco, okay. San Francisco to Singapore, and then Singapore to Kota Kinabalu, uh, which is my wife's hometown. Wow. Um, okay. She's still got, she has two brothers, or a brother and a sister here in the U.S., um, and then the rest of the family, um, four of them, live in um, Malaysia. Wow. Is it beautiful? I mean, I've never been there. Is it oh, it's gorgeous. gorgeous. Gorgeous, amazing food. Um, yeah. People are super friendly. It, you know, used to be part of the British Empire, so yeah. everybody speaks English. And Malay and Chinese, or you know, uh, a Chinese dialect. Yeah. Um, and so, very diverse culture. Uh, you know, because it was the British Empire, they have you know uh, all the religions. Um, so they have Islam and Hindu and Buddhist and Christian, you know, Catholic. Yeah. The whole the whole. They got it all. Yeah. So they got a lot of federal holidays. <laughs> That's great. I uh, I cannot thank you enough for the last. 55 minutes of your time, My George Middlemist, Dr. George Middlemist. So uh, thank you again for this conversation, but for uh, your 26 years to this institution. Of course. Thank you, Sam. You, uh, you're a decent human being. I, I appreciate that. Despite, despite being a, an Oklahoma State Cowboy. Yeah, I know. So, we try, right? Yes. Thank you, George.